Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You may ask, what are the odds, right? What are the odds? Well, that's why we're here to answer those questions. Answer the question. We don't care if you win or lose the game. I don't care. Just cover the spread. Now here's Aton Shander. Oh, my goodness. What a ridiculous game from a betting standpoint. What an insane game last night from a live in-game bet standpoint. If you were just watching without playing, first off, welcome, if that's the case, because you aren't our target demo, but we'll take anyone and everyone across the board as we are live for the next two here. With that said, there was nothing else but betting. There was nothing else but live in-game action last night. How in the world could you just sit there? Not place a bet, even if it's a sixteenth of a unit. I don't care what it is, how high or small the quality or quantity of the bet may be. But how else could you sit there and consume it? It's not like the commercials were keeping that game afloat. It was dud central station last night across the board outside of narratives. And narratives don't help us. Narratives, the only way, and this is where we can begin, the only time the narrative truly helped us, and us meaning those who listen to me and I'm sure a couple of other people who push this prop nonstop now for two straight weeks on this program, Props and Locks on Fox 29, the other show I do with Mays and Brooks, social media, wherever anybody could hear me, I was shouting, if you are not going to take Kansas City, meaning if you are going to play the Bucks in any capacity from the points to the money line, then this was your prop. And the reason why I loved it from a betting standpoint and from a Bucks are going to win bet this standpoint was simply because of the narrative. And it's not often that the narrative will help you win a bet. Usually it has to do with futures, right? It has to do with individual awards. Let's say, for example, with, oh, I don't know, LeBron James winning the MVP. That's huge. And we'll get to Carson Wentz and the futures that we'll set right now about where he'll go in a matter of minutes here. But from last night, where we begin with a game that was just gigantic, to trying to pin down where exactly Carson Wentz is going to go, Chicago, and for how much the 20th first uh, pick in the first round, we had a game from a sports betting standpoint that still shows you the reason and really the necessity of why you need some sort of companion. Now, maybe you were deep into a fantasy tournament, DFS tournament, a captain showdown. Maybe you were playing the free Kentucky Fried Chicken thing, whatever it was that you were locked into. There had to be something else. Otherwise, you were stuck watching a pretty boring game. And the one narrative that came true was Bucks win, Brady MVP, Gronk touchdown at plus 800. We begged you, begged you to take that. Because when you're betting narratives, when you're betting something like a storyline behind it, it had to do with Brady winning the MVP. You had a really good argument for people on defense, right up to the defensive coordinator winning the MVP. But you knew it was going to be Tom Brady, didn't you? 
You knew it was going to be Brady. That one put out also the fourth quarter tie at 750 was huge. But think about what played out in that final play of the game. Think about what truly mattered most if you had a couple of different bets across the board. The total was locked in. The under was going to hit. didn't matter. But that's usually a scenario where Patrick Mahomes is going to lead his team to a score, especially when the defense already has a game won. And in this case, it's not just any game or any playoff game. It's the Super Bowl. So you could pretty much expect, lock in, the Chiefs were going to score at that point. Well... For those of you who remember the first show we did immediately after the championship week, I, like a fool, told you, because I wanted misery and company, to jump in Chiefs minus 167 on the money line because it's going to go up, it's going to go up. Well, it went up, it came back down, but it went up for a while. I had to make that back. So outside of the props that we gave, fourth quarter tie, the Gronk, Brady MVP, where you knew if the Bucks were going to win, Brady was going to win it. I had to make it back. So I'm banking on two things not happening. I'm banking on the Bucks on third down with the game wrapped up, not going deep to Rob Gronkowski to stop the clock and then punt it back to Mahomes after they stopped him the first time. I was kind of banking on that not to happen. And then Patrick Mahomes not scoring that touchdown at the end of the game because I laid 20-and-a-half on the Bucks just to try and make that money line bet back. So you may have checked out, ladies and gentlemen. You might have looked at that game thinking, well, it's one final drive. Maybe I'll just keep the TV on because I want to see the celebration, hear what Tom Brady has to say, all of that. But that interception saved a lot of people across the board. From Thank you, Kyle. I mean, that was humongous. It saved my minus 20 and a half, where a lot of people, if you could get in middle towards the end of the fourth quarter, it was a comfortable number on a good return, plus 100, again, depending on the app. And then on top of that, the fourth quarter tie, it just it was huge for a lot of reasons. Wherever you had a bet that would have been impacted by that final score, of course, the total, no, but maybe you played something in-game, maybe you dropped it, I don't know. Final score, I mean, anybody who had that 31-9 to final score ticket, my goodness, unbelievable for that to play out. Last night proves, if it hasn't already been proven over and over and over again, that if you don't have a betting companion in some aspect, in some regard, especially in the middle of a pandemic where you shouldn't be out and about frolicking at Super Bowl parties anyway, that game was trash. It was awful. The Kansas City Chiefs' defensive shutdowns in the Super Bowl aren't fun. Yeah, they're great to bet on. Pound the under. In-game 51.5. Pound it again. I get it. We were all there last night and hopefully taking advantage of what seemed to be the most obvious thing, which is things were going to slow down in the second half, and it was really just banking on could the Chiefs make it close not come back. You knew at the half they weren't going to come back and win. But could they keep it close? You know, Chiefs plus seven looked pretty good at one point. Chiefs plus 14 and a half, 15 looked pretty good at one point. Chiefs 
plus 20 and a half. I mean, think about that. That's what I had to do to sweat that sucker out at the end. And I promise you, I'm not the only one who sweat that final drive, final play, right down to the white interception. Because there were a lot of wagers focused simply on whether or not the Chiefs could add points to the board and what that would do, either add money or take money away. For me, it was major just to break even at that point. And yes, our buddy Bo 316. Tampa wins, TB MVP, Gronk touchdown, ring to register. I'm proud of that one. Look, I I hit stuff not often. <laughs> but we gave out a couple, and, and here's why I'm most proud of it, is we didn't need anybody's help. You know, we didn't need Adam Thompson's help. We didn't need the Philly Godfather's help. We didn't need Michael Calabrese crossing over to the NFL's help. We didn't need anybody else. Sharp, smart, square, whoever. We didn't need anybody's help. We organically created that one and said, look, you're essentially betting on the Bucks money line and Gronk to score. Gronk scoring a couple. Oh, just amazing. It was fun watching the game again, depending on where you were. And we didn't hit a lot of props. There were a couple that we gave you. Leonard Fournette, 55, rushing and a touchdown. Some other ones, if you just kind of look across the board here, under on six-and-a-half touchdowns as well as the under on the total. So things played out nice, and it really worked in the capacity of maximizing any type of return, any type of return of investment. Some of it you lose, some of it you double down. Some things don't necessarily play out. But I'm on this one text chain. It's the only chain that I'm really on with... Brooks, Mays, and Mertitis. I could go last name with all three of those guys here. The Kelsey, that was a tough one. But the one that I was arguing the most about it this week, and I, I can't believe that people were fighting me on this one. But there was a head-to-head matchup of Antonio Brown versus Scotty Miller. And I got crushed at first. Because everybody was all giddy off of that Scotty Miller broken play off Kevin King, thinking that's a sustainable strategy to just send that guy deep. It was a head-to-head versus Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown was getting positive money. That was another one we pounded. It told you, what are you doing? Why stay away from that one? Remember, there was an interception drop that Brady could have been picked off but the other prop, under a half interceptions. PGF Godfather gave us that one. So just go under it. He got them all out the game before, and it turns out he did. That drop pick was huge, but that's the Super Bowl, man. You're, Super Bowl, you're playing off of these bounces. Now we sit here on 6-11 in, what, the evening here, where... Carson Wentz is still a Philadelphia Eagle. We have our own futures for where he's going to land, what they may get back. Well, we have it on. We don't need the global market. No app is going to create that. So good luck holding your breath. That's why you come here. So we can create it on our own and kind of narrow it down. And Whether or not you believe all of this hype and where he could go outside of these two teams in Chicago and Indianapolis, that's on you. Because there is no third team. I don't think there's a second team. Honestly. 
If I were to make odds right now, which we will, which we are currently, and that's what the program is, what are the odds? Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler. It's presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Good friend of the show, Bill Zimmerman from SiriusXM. Jansen's around. I'm sure he knows. Here's the thing. He is the biggest Bears honk that I know. Writes and covers for the team, and I, I thought if there was anybody who can give it to us from an honest perspective of, yes, the Bears need someone like Carson Wentz versus the Bears should go out and give up everything for Carson Wentz, it would be Bill. With that said, the conversation, for me at least, the conversation has everything to do with what Philadelphia is getting back. The optics of it, simply what they're getting back. If you believe, like I do, that anything less than one first round. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pick whenever it comes, this year or next year, conditional, even second into a first. Although that would be disappointing if that's the only thing or the highest thing. If you are like me, then you recognize that the return has everything to do with the optics. If you can't get a first-round pick back for Carson Wentz, then this trade is a colossal failure from so many different angles. With that said, the Eagles are driven to move him because there's no way in hell that they can bring him back. There's just no way, based on the unless Carson Wentz has been MIA, the phone is broke, he's on some sort of like trip, where for the next eight days or ten days he was locked in some hunting cabin outside of where he lives in North Dakota. I, I don't know. I'm, obviously, it would take something drastic like that for it to not be the optics or at least how it comes across, which is he don't want to be here. Okay, that's fine. He doesn't want to be here. The Eagles don't want him here. Any fan of Carson Wentz should admit, if you haven't already, he shouldn't be here. You would want what's best for the guy you root for, right? Which is get him out of here. Get him to a different situation. Now, where is that situation? The odds are, and we can create three right here, between the Bears, Colts, and Field. I'm not even going to give you a specific team that's been mentioned. I'm just going to allow you to bet the field anywhere else outside of those two teams. And here's why, and we'll chat with Billy Z coming up in about 15 minutes, but here's why the Bears is the only destination right now. Because Ryan Pace is not Chris Ballard. Because Ryan Pace is not a guy whose A, job is hanging on a, by a thread, and B, somebody who's made some pretty bad decisions over and over and over again. The Indianapolis Colts haven't been fantastic, but they haven't been anywhere near as wretched with their choices and decision-making as someone like Ryan Pace and the Chicago Bears have been. Chris Ballard's job is not hanging by a thread if he doesn't get this move right of what to do with the quarterback position. Ryan Pace is. 
You know what that is? That's desperation. You can smell. Look, even Howie Roseman can't mess this one up. That's desperation. Blood in the water. I don't care if you're a shark. Whatever type of shark you may be, even a nurse shark is going to be able to smell that blood in the water. Go out there and do exactly what you have to do, which is rip off an idiot. Go ahead. Rip off an idiot. Rip off a guy who, who is so desperate right now, he's going to make a stupid decision. Think about it. Apply any metaphor you can to this. This guy is desperate out in Chicago. Chris Ballard? Chris Ballard isn't. Now, here's what that desperation will get you outside of a trade, and most likely that 20th pick is that 20th pick, meaning Chris Ballard and the Indianapolis Colts, I think, have been, I hate to say successfully, but partially used as leverage to where the presentation or the idea of not dealing Carson Wentz to Chicago and now Indianapolis instead makes enough sense to Chicago where they're at least serious. Okay, look, they, they might take less. Let's just give up the 20th pick. That's why Indianapolis is in this deal. The talks and everything about it is because it allows Philadelphia to turn around and say, look, guys, in Chicago, you got to give us that 20th pick. Let's be honest here. Doesn't have to be anything moving forward. Doesn't have to be a first round or anything like after this year. But you kind of have to throw that 20th in. And Chris Ballard turns around and says, what? I'm not throw. I don't care where we're drafted. I'm not throwing a first round pick in for this guy. He stinks. You're lucky that I'm taking this talk. You're lucky that we're having this Zoom call or phone call. I'm doing it out of a courtesy to somebody else in that building. That's the type of response you get when Howie Roseman initially, remember, he asked for two and then had to back it down. Well, what's Ryan Pace going to say? Okay, bleep you, I'm going to go trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Bleep you, Howie, I'm going to go trade for Sam Darnold. All possibilities. But I think at that point you are in a position where you can call that bluff. Say, go ahead. Go ahead. Trade for Sam Darnold. Do it. You don't want Carson Wentz, who at least has had an MVP-esque season? Go ahead. Trade for Sam Darnold. See see how that works out for you. Here's my phone number. Give me a call. I'd like some updates. Maybe you can remind me about why this was such a savvy move. Or you just come at them straight on, because maybe that's the type of language that pace and companies speak which is are you an idiot are you is something wrong right now with you should we have this conversation maybe tomorrow are you okay those type of responses you're gonna go trade for sam darnold go ahead now to be fair you can make a bunch of arguments that sam darnold is a better trade option maybe not necessarily quarterback but trade option for the Bears or any other team outside of Carson Wentz, and I agree. So the Bears have to be the odds-on favorite right now, and I'm going to put them at minus 500. He's not going anywhere else. You know what? We have to add a fourth, which is stay. So the Bears are at minus 500. I think the Colts, realistically in my mind, are somewhere around plus 400 to where it would take a catastrophic failure of communication and breakdown of a deal in order for Carson Wentz not to be dealt to Chicago, and then the Philadelphia Eagles have to come hat in hand and say, all right, let's start talking second-rounders, maybe a second-rounder this year and a future second or third that can turn into a second, things like that, to where you really do take it on the you-know-what. I mean, you just get 
bumped right there as far as a bad deal is concerned. And that, that might be the only situation in which, in my mind, Carson Wentz goes to the Colts. Then it's the field. And honestly, I'm going to give the field, here's why, I'm going to give the field the same odds at plus 400 as I'm going to give the Colts. Because at that point, if the Bears are out of it, and I, why? Why would the Bears be out of it? Because they want to take a quarterback or move up and draft Trey Lance, or maybe they think they can get Jones at 20, I don't know, but... That could be the case in which they say it's just not worth it at this point to give up the 20th for Carson. Okay, if that's not the case, then now you might be able to find a team that can give you not the deal you wanted with Chicago, but a better deal than Indy. That, I don't think, is out of the question, and now you're re-leveraging. You're trying to get somebody built or leveraged against Indianapolis. That might work. Realistically speaking, that that could work right there. So at plus four hundred, I would, and then at stay, what are we talking about here? Plus a thousand. There is still a remote shot that Carson Wentz comes back. There is still a chance that Carson Wentz is an eagle coming up next this season, but I wouldn't put my money on that. I wouldn't at all touch that, even with the value. Well, come on, Shanner, these are your own odds. (laughs) These are your own odds right now at plus 1,000. To be fair, if I were going to bet anything on here, I would take the field knowing that I'm most likely going to lose that bet, but at the same pace, we have something in front of us where it's realistic. It's not a narrative that I would have bet on. It's not something that I'm banking on by any means thinking it's going to come to fruition. That's why the Bears at minus 500. Anybody who sees these odds, you know, they'd pass up on the global network. You wouldn't even bet this. If you did, you would take the Colts or the field. Unless you have a direct pipeline to Rob Motti from the Associated Press, who I do happen to have, mind you, I still don't think you would trust that. And Rob would have to come out and say, don't worry, he's coming back, and he hasn't. And even if he did, I wouldn't tell you. I'd just bet it myself and then act like a genius when that thing comes to fruition. Isn't that the move? That's what you do, right? At Shanda Shows, how you follow me on Twitter. Right, we're going to chat with Bill Zimmerman coming up next from SiriusXM Sports. He, of course, is the executive producer for Mad Dog Radio. For so long was the guy who kept Russo in line, but now has moved on to bigger and better things just running that channel. He's a gigantic Bears fan. He covers the Bears as well in the media. So we're going to get a great combination from fan and media perspective from Bill. And I I think it's going to be as honest as we can get out there where it's not somebody covering the team from the standpoint of, well, this is what Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy need to do. With that said, now, before we break, I'm curious was there a prop that you hit, Kyle, that you would like to brag about, or maybe it's the flip side and try and garner some sympathy if something busted it, especially close to the end? Yeah, I pretty much just went over two yesterday. I took over the two. Uh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, on the on on my bigger ones, I might have sprinkled a little bit here in, in game, but didn't do too hot. My big one, I think I might have told you last week, was. 
plus 4,000 for Scotty Miller to score two touchdowns. I know you just mentioned him earlier. And my I'm other one... I'm shaking t- my head right now. <laughs> and my other one, I took the Kansas City minus 7.5 uh, alternate line at plus 205, you know, I think. Not terrible. And there were a couple of props that were out there where it was you know Chiefs minus 5.5, Chiefs minus 7.5. There were a couple that were minus 9.5. I don't, if you were going to take the Chiefs, it's just like the Bucks one, right? If you were going to just bet the Chiefs, then you might as well bet them big because it wasn't going to be a two point game. This wasn't yeah. Butker, you know, kicking some game winner from 60 out. You knew that the Chiefs were, if they were going to win, they were going to handle them. So I don't yeah. hate that. Yeah, it was, it was decent value. I figured it would be, I, I still figured it would be a one possession game. So I thought like maybe like eight points or something like that. So I, that's why I went for the seven and a half. Yeah, the problem was you t- putting out your own hard-earned money, and I know how hard you work on Scotty Miller. Yes. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, friend. What the yeah. hell is going through your mind? I, I, th- I threw a, you know, a tenner on there for a $400 <laughs> payout. It wasn't too bad. Not terrible. I, I'll give you that. Not terrible at all. All right. We've got some stuff happening in the second hour. Live action tonight across the board in college, the NHL, the NBA. We'll try and mine some value with everything we can get tonight, including not to be outdone, right? Because I think a lot of times we have to factor in flyers we know have been postponed. But there is one game tonight starting a little later, the 9 o'clock big game in college basketball, where I've already put a play in, and I'm curious because Maryland is such a – shady squad to bet and then you have the zags hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Got to get into all this tonight. The Zags at 11 o'clock tonight, only laying, only laying 10 and a half at BYU. I know, I know the University of the Pacific. They didn't cover the 20s and all of that. But 10 and a half, really? BYU is a good basketball team. Not great, to paraphrase a colleague of our next guest. They're okay, not great, but ten and a half on the road? Something seems off about that. A lot happening. Bill Zimmerman, Chicago Bears, he'll help us with everything, including the odds, which we've set. So before we break, this is where we are. Bears, minus 500. Colts, plus 400. Field, anybody other than those two teams, plus 400. Sticking around in Philadelphia? Well, that's plus a thousand. At Shander Show, what are the odds? Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Hi, we welcome you back from the odds. Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler, it is presented by Cure Auto Insurance. We're going to head out to the Dr. Glatt, regrow your hairline, Dr. Paul Glatt. Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor in a matter of seconds, maybe a minute or so, and chat with Bill Zimmerman, Billy Z, from Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio fame, and now, of course, just a major part 
of Sirius XM Sports. And with that, the biggest Bears honk, but also connected in the business and knowing people in and around it, and just trying to figure out what exactly is going on with everything across the board, like the likelihood of the Chicago Bears giving up a lot for a little, and that little being Carson Wentz, hopes of Carson Wentz trying to, of course, rehab or fix. So what I thought would be fun about this is it's going to be a combination of interviewing. I think Bill is going to interview me as much as I'm going to interview him, at least to try to get an idea of what's going on with Chicago. He's going to do the exact same. Now, we know John Filippo. we talked about that, bumped up, and that seemed to be a great sign with it. So from there, I, I think we can look at our own ideas and try and come up with any other scenario that makes sense outside of okay they want Carson Wentz right that that's that's right that's exactly what they're doing here they're building it up for Carson Wentz and yes we knew that we all knew that here but is there enough because now we're getting reports at the very least that there might be some resistance inside the Chicago Bears organization that maybe just maybe people aren't as happy as they made it seem and maybe the Bears right now just don't have enough. So I think, meaning Ryan Pace and I guess whoever else is beside him, not having enough to overturn that decision. That's what I meant. Not having enough to fully overturn that decision. And that's going to be insane and, and this is what I don't get, and this is why B, Billy here needs to explain to the non-Bears fans why anybody would want Carson Wentz. And part of me thinks like this, this should be serving as a warning here and that I should do my best ahead of time. You all here in Philadelphia locally to this program know exactly what I've been talking about, what we've been talking about from social and beyond this radio show and anywhere else you can find me in the middle and all. You know what's going on here. It's what we've been discussing and thoroughly exhausting to the level in which it's like who in their right mind would actively seek this young man out and risk not just seek them out, but risk their future on it. This is what's happening here. This dude, Pace, is putting his entire, anything that he was hanging on, any little limb that he was hanging on, he was putting it right there on Carson Wentz? <laughs> See, this is the problem that I have with so much of this discussion here, is fixing Carson Wentz, jobs on the line, we're going with Carson's, things that just don't make sense. You're really your last shot in this league right now as what would be a GM is going to do that. Yeah, that's where I, I find the problem with it. All right, let's go out as promised to the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline, Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. And bring in Bill Zimmerman at Zimmerman SXM. That's Sirius XM Sports, where Bill is the executive producer overseeing all things including, I'm sure, a lot of egos and maybe even some babysitting, if it's still like I remember, 
for Mad Dog Radio. Bill, it's always a pleasure, man. And of course, WindyCityGridiron.com, WGC, or pardon me, WC Gridiron, the Twitter account there. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for the time. Aton, what's going on, man? Long time no talk. It is, but you know, first you look great, and for the people that are listening, like, what are you talking about? We're only hearing this interview. You know, we had the opportunity to see each other, and, and I'm just, it's you bring a smile to my <laughs> face, and I'm, it's it's just that's that's it. Like when I see you, I just I get this warm feeling and a smile, and I'm glad that of all these years, it's still the same reaction. It's always a pleasure, my brother. Really, it is a pleasure. Good to good to talk to you, and uh, you know, let's talk some Carson Wentz. The reason why I say all of that and why I, I get a little emotional ahead of time before we talk Carson Wentz is because, and this is how I set the interview up, is because I, I feel like I should be warning you. <laughs> this is me heart to heart warning you, not only as a colleague in this crazy, wacky world, Bill, but as a friend. You don't want this young man. Why? Why do you want Carson Wentz? Well... Here's here's the problem, and, and let's go strictly here from a Chicago Bears yes. perspective. As I built you up, the Bears insider for this program. Absolutely, absolutely. George McCaskey, the chairman of, of the Chicago Bears ownership group, the McCaskies. Virginia McCaskey is Virginia Hallis, George Hallis's daughter. That's that's the connection. That's his her son, George, runs the Chicago Bears. He made a poor choice this offseason. Uh, after the Bears had another down season, eight and eight. I know they made the playoffs, but that was that that was not a spectacular team. Poor quarterback play, a horrible offense, as we all know. He basically gave Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy an ultimatum. They basically have each have a couple years left on their contract, which we know basically means a one year deal. You know, win now, figure it out, and win now. That's a terrible situation to put them in because what does that mean? They have to figure out the quarterback position so they can try and win some games, get back in the playoffs, and actually improve the roster. So a Bears team that should be looking at a pretty deep draft class. 20 is not an amazing spot, but you can get Mac Jones at 20. You could probably jump up to get Trey Lance, you know, without having to mortgage your future. You know, I don't know where he's going to go, 10, 12, 14. So there's, there's opportunities in the draft to get a quarterback. That's what the Chicago Bears need to do. But because they've put this regime in a win-now situation, they have to look at veteran quarterbacks. They don't have the ammunition to get Deshaun Watson. They just don't. The 20th pick in the draft doesn't nearly have the value that Miami's or Carolina's does in the top 10. So, you know, and they don't have, you know, Jalen Johnson's a good young corner, but they don't have a lot of young defensive players. That's what we heard. Houston wants, you know, young defensive players in addition to the picks. They don't have a lot of guys like, you could offer up Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson, but the Texans aren't going to want to take on that massive amount of money. You got to look at young players. So the Bears don't have the ammunition for Watts. So, so what's left? Matt Stafford. The Lions were not going to trade him within the division. So he's out. So then you start going to that next tier. Derek Carr doesn't look like the Raiders are going to trade him unless they get an obscene amount for him. That's where you start getting the guys like Carson Wentz. And that's how the Bears are here. because ownership put them in a win-now situation, they have to look to find a quarterback that they think could be better than Trubisky and Foles and win some games. So I guess the follow-up would be, who else? Because you're right, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo. There's now a name that's linked to San Francisco, not named Kirk Cousins. And I'm curious from the Bears' point of view, and then we'll get into that 
your job's on the line. This is really where you are. But one name that I am curious about, if you have any interest or you think that would be a better play than what we saw last year, which was historic regression for Wentz, in Sam Darnold. I don't like Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold is what he is at this point. I get he's been in a historically terrible situation. It's it's a mess with the Jets. Adam Gase is a mess. I mean, that was a bad situation for him to be in. But I'll say this, and I'm not saying Sam Darnold's Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson, he didn't win games this year, but Deshaun Watson had a great season. And Sam Darnold, to me, still isn't showing enough, like, you know, for, as, as Bears fans, the amount of times they oh, look at that throw for Mitch Trubisky, or look at that play for Mitch Trubisky, the flashes. The guys who still believe in Trubisky see those flashes of talent and go, he's just got to put it all together. Well, it's been four years. He's not going to put it all together, at least not anytime soon. I'm that same place with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, to me, is settling in as a below-average quarterback. Maybe he's the next Ryan Fitzpatrick that bounces around from two-year contract to two-year contract where he's good enough to start, but if he's your quarterback, you know your team is looking for the next quarterback already. So you mentioned Mitchell Trubisky, Mitch Mitchell, right? It's Mitchell now. I just want to. It's Mitchell. Mitchell. I call him Mitch. But okay. yeah, you you've been there since day one as a Bears <laughs> fan. The people on the outside they need to address him, and at least I'll respect that. And then we have Nick Foles, which is a completely different and completely unique <laughs> conversation about the possibility of him coming back. But I want to take you back to the point you raise and something that has been believed throughout with Ryan Pace and what's going on there with the Bears front office, which is, as you said, this is it. Hey, your back is to the wall. Your job is on the line. Does it not concern you? especially, And should it not concern Ryan Pace? And I get he has a connection here, Bill, but should it not concern anybody in that position that they're now staking their life on a guy who had a historic regression? And I know you mentioned that, well, who else is out there? It's hard for me to ignore that history says Wentz can't come back from that. Look, it's it's a Chicago Bear thing to do to sit there and go, well, Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles weren't good enough. And they weren't good enough, right. don't get me wrong. So let's find the one quarterback in the league, other than Dwayne Haskins, that was worse than both of them. It's and give up, you know, and give up draft capital and potentially players for him. It was Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would be the most Chicago Bears thing to do. And if I was Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, I certainly wouldn't want to stake my job on Carson Wentz. But at the same time, would you stake your job on, on Gardner Minshew or Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I wouldn't want to do that either. At least with Wentz, there's the history of 2017, 2018, 2019. He was pretty good, but 2020. I mean, and I know it was a bad situation with the Eagles, but he was so bad. And I know they're sitting there while well, they got Flip, you know, John Filippo, the quarterback coach, was yes. just promoted the passing game coordinator today. And I'm sure they sit there and he's got a background with Wentz. He, you know, they said he changed his throwing motion in 2017 and made him the MVP candidate. 
I'm sure that's the, the, the tape that Nagy and Pace are playing in their heads to try and convince themselves that they can get MVP Carson Wentz and not 2020 Carson Wentz. And I understand that's going to be the hope. That's going to at least 2018, 2019 Carson Wentz. That's obviously the hope that the Chicago Bears are going to have in Wentz if they do make this trade for him. But the idea that if you give up, I don't know, a first-round pick, second-round pick, whatever, you know, the compensation, no one really seems to have any idea what this compensation is. We know how we wanted two first-round picks. But whatever the compensation settles in on, giving up compensation for a guy who could play worse than Trubisky and Foles again, that's uh, that's a quick way to get fired. Bill Zimmerman at Zimmerman SXM, all things exec producer, Mad Dog Radio, Sirius XM Sports, and also with the Bears at Windy City Gridiron. That's at WC Gridiron, WindyCityGridiron.com. Why is it so difficult to play that? Is it really the wind? It's such a difficult position to play consistently even now. To be fair, the Bears have shown that you can at least get, if not win, a Super Bowl without it. But in the backdrop of the conversation that we're having, Bill, about adding a quarterback, if it's Wentz or anybody else they find right down to a rookie, if that happens to shake out, it just seems like you're walking into a situation where you already have, metaphorically, an arm tied behind your back. It just seems so difficult to play there. Well, look, it's, you know, it's, it's the Windy City, but it's, it's really not that bad. In fact, I think that nickname actually came from politicians blowing smoke up your you-know-what. I Fair think enough. that's where that came from. It's not actually from the weather, but it, it is windy there. But look, is it any more difficult than, than Foxborough or, or places like that? No. I mean, you, you can have a talented quarterback that can have success there. I think the bigger problem for the Bears historically is they haven't made – a lot of effort to fix the quarterback situation. They have from time to time, and when they have invested in it, they failed miserably. And and you know, go back. All right, so Mitch Trubisky. You know, look, I know a lot of it's not Ryan Pace's fault alone. A lot of you know scouts and whatnot said Trubisky was the best of that group. He wasn't alone at that. But they didn't formally meet with Deshaun Watson. They blew him off. So that's that's a poor process there. You go back to the last time they drafted a quarterback before that in the first round, it was Rex Grossman, part of the Spurrier fun gun. And again, it was that long ago before they drafted a quarterback. They, they traded picks for, for Jay Cutler, but a lot of people kind of knew the direction Jay Cutler was going at that point. That's why Denver made him available. So, and you go before that, Cade McNown, an all-time bust top 10 quarterback selection. Jim Harbaugh never amounted to much. Jim McMahon was pretty good. I mean, I'm going back. I'm already at 1980. I've gone yeah. back 40 years, and that's it. That's all the major effort they've made to try and get the quarterback position right. It's just a position that they seem most of the time happy finding guys like Kyle Orton or Shane Matthews and Vic Foles and these type of guys at the position. And in a quarterback league like it is now, you just can't have success like that. And when you go 12-4 and four a couple years ago like yeah. they did with Trubisky, that was based on a defense that had 30-some turnovers and was giving Trubisky a short field all the time. We saw the flashes and said, all right, Trubisky could grow into something in 2019, but Bears fans, at least objective ones, knew where Trubisky was in 2018. They just expected him to get better, and he got worse. So, And the defense got worse, and now you're stuck in purgatory with back-to-back eight-and-eight seasons. So the problem isn't the fact that 
The Bears, it's hard to play there, and that's why the quarterback position has been a struggle. The problem is the fact is that the team hasn't taken it seriously until now, and they're in a season where there's just not a lot of top-end quarterbacks available because that doesn't usually happen. Bill, let me sneak this last one in here, and, and it goes on what I think if we take away Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, take away the two guys who are going to be impacted the most if things don't go well, look at it from your point of view or from ownership, front office higher than those two people. What is the ideal situation over the next year or two? You know where you're drafting right now. If you don't move that capital, you could bring in Carson Wentz. It could go awful. It could go okay. It could go great. But from the non-Nagy pace point of view, what's the best scenario, even if it means everything going full-on tank at this point? The, honestly, and, and I know at least right now the 2022 quarterback class isn't supposed to be that good. The best thing that could happen for the Bears in the long term is that they trade for Carson Wentz, that he's the 2020 Carson Wentz again, He you know, and that they don't give up a future first-round pick. Let me stress right. that in, in this trade. Um, this year. and Yeah, this year. That they don't trade a 2022 first to get Carson Wentz this year. And that things fall apart, they go four and twelve. They have the third pick in the draft, and a new regime. And I like Matt Nagy. I think there's some positives there. But a new regime selects a quarterback, and they start over. That's the best case scenario here. Because look, you know, Mitch Trubisky played a lot of bad defenses at the end of the year, and that got some wins and got them to sneak into the playoffs. They would have been so much better if they lost those games. And look, I'm not one to say let's lose football games on purpose. You know, I you know I know you guys had that Doug Peterson Week 17 issue with with Hertz and Sudfeld, but um, you know that's um, you know that's always a recipe for a disaster. I don't think teams should try to tank. But if Trubisky didn't play well and they lost a few more of those games and finished six and ten, five and eleven, and had a top ten pick, well now you can sit there and zero in on a guy like Fields or Wilson if that's what your scouting department says is going to be the next guy and get that guy and build for the future, but they didn't do that. They're sitting at 20. They're in a, a uh, an ultimatum win-now situation, so they're going to sit there and, and try and do something like Carson Wentz, but that is not the best thing for this organization. That's the best thing potentially for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, who are trying to get contract extensions after this year. At Zimmerman SXM, appreciate you, brother. Bill Zimmerman on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. What are the odds he's a bear by tomorrow, by Tuesday, eleven thirty in the morning on the East Coast. <laughs> just, just give us the odds, and, and you can get the hell out of here. And enjoy right. I mean, your night. I think, I think it's fifty fifty because I think the Bears are going to pay more. You know, I keep hearing this third team, Houston, San Francisco, maybe, but I think it's Colts and Bears. I yeah. don't think Chris Ballard is going to pay what Howie wants, and I think Ryan Pace is desperate enough that he, he may not pay what he wants, but he's going to come closer. So. It could happen tomorrow. I'll say uh, I'll say there's an 80% chance he ends up there at some point, and 50-50 it happens tomorrow. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. Love you, man. Thank you so much, and always a pleasure just to see you. Good talking to you, my man. All right, it's Bill Zimmerman joining us on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading our restoration doctor. What are the odds? Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto. Yeah. Second hour here underway as we are right starting our second hour i know we're a little early but i just looked up and i thought wait a second i don't need a break again right 
You're good. Okay. People want content. People That's want your fine. content. They I'm can't wait till here. 7 o'clock. Fine. Somebody's going to do it. And, you know, I, I don't know. If you want to do it, that's fine with me, too. Just let me know ahead of time, and I'll just, I won't show up. But there aren't many people like you, John. You know, that's, Sean's not going to stick around. He's the boss. No. He's out. No, he's blame out. him. He's out at 559. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right, so I'm trying to figure some things out here tonight on the board, including what's really going on with this 10.5-point line. And it's... It's way too little to ignore. When you look at 10.5 on the road tonight, BYU hosting it, who has not been impervious to a loss by any means, Gonzaga is going to win this basketball game. It, it would be an upset, and you can look at the money line and determine it on your own if it's gigantic or not. Looking at Anything that you can find, the lines dropped a point. Okay, so somebody sharp played it. How much? It's going to be a higher volume game tonight. So it would take more sharp money than two teams you never heard of to move it, especially since it's only moved a point. Doesn't look like BYU's plus 460. On the money line. So the odds will tell you that this is going to be some monumental upset. Gonzaga comes off that ridiculously, unnecessarily close game against the University of the Pacific. Doesn't appear like, right now at least, the Zags are dealing with anything new or fresh as a result of that from a man-down standpoint. So... Coming into this game, you would think that even beating, and, and look, there was a humongous, I think it was 26, something along those lines against Pacific. So the fact that they beat them 76-58 is not, they barely got by, but against that team with that big of a number to cover, yeah, you didn't, and you did, barely did get by. But nobody's out for the year as a result of that, and, that was a, you wouldn't even call it look-ahead, right? It's just, it's specific, man. It doesn't matter who you're taking on next week. You could be taking on bye week next week and you take them lightly. It doesn't matter. It's specific. I get it. Now the expectation is heavy bounce back and sharp money comes in, enough at least, comes in with BYU. I wouldn't take BYU on the money line to play it seriously, but I would be interested. I feel like if you don't jump on Gonzaga now, then you probably just want to wait and see how that first five, six minutes are. Because if Gonzaga does come out on fire, well, then the value on them is gone, and that number is going to shoot up 16, 17, probably even higher than that, depending on how far they get out. If, in fact, it's the flip side, and BYU, you might lose a point or two, but it's not going to fall that fast. You know this. It's not going to fall. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All to the level in which you're going to lose significant value. It would take a lot, that 10.5, to fall to 6, 6.5, to where you start getting at the bottom of that second possession to where you need to cover. That secondary key number, if you will. Okay, I, I would start to look at that as lost value, but think about how long it would take or what type of run it would take. BYU would have to be up by 15 points, I think, for that thing to drop. And that's maybe being a little bit hyperbolic, but I think it, it would definitely be close to 9 to 10 points in which you would see it drop still not anywhere to where BYU would be laying because, you know, it's five, six minutes in. And Gonzaga, just like they did with Pacific and other teams, are going to bounce back. BYU's not putting Gonzaga out in the first five, six minutes. This is not a first-round knockout armbar submission. This thing's going to take time. It's going to be methodical to where you're going to need to withstand run after run to where you somehow... If you're BYU, and and this is what I don't understand, we'll try and do the math here because I I think the Zags are the smart play at 10.5 despite Sharp Money moving it counter to it. But here's why. If you're BYU, all of a sudden, you're going to have to find one of the best offensive performances out there you have all year. You're going to have to turn into a team offensively that outside of double overtime, you're not really comfortable playing that role. This is not Portland State. This is the number one team in the country who is averaging close to 100 points per game. How are you 15, 16 points per game less going to keep up? And it's not about specific math. I hope you understand that because both teams, from a defensive standpoint, kind of hover where they are. But it's from a tempo, it's from a pacing standpoint, it's from a we-can't-kill-this-team standpoint. How many times are you going to see BYU get up if it's four, if it's six, if it's eight, even if they are lucky enough to be up by double digits, which, come on, what are we talking, stretching a scenario here, but I'll do it for the purposes of this conversation. Even then, when you look back and you attempt to rationalize where BYU can finish what number they can finish and cover at, you know that Gonzaga is just hovering because of the talent, because of the raw ability that they have. This is a team outside of Baylor that has clearly positioned themselves with the inside track to go ahead and win this damn thing. And tonight is not a trap. Tonight is not a game in which you start to see a team get too comfortable that was Pacific. That was the University of the Pacific. We can call him Pacific, right? It's like calling Mitchell Trubisky Mitch. We can streamline the conversation. Enough with Pacific. They get mentioned twice here. With BYU and double overtime and Gonzaga a couple of times because of that brutal non-cover by the Zags. Looking at it, at least William Hill here. of the public on Gonzaga. That's not enough to move me. 54% of the money, public money, 
is on Gonzaga at minus 10.5. Sharp Money's already dropped this thing in BYU's favor from 11.5 to 10.5. There is no clear indicator, not that there would be anyway, in signal. If you want to look at something that may age you, and, and this is where I would, and that's why I brought up the fact that BYU is going to have to score a ton of points tonight. Unless Gonzaga is just continuing to sleepwalk. Here we go. So, according to wherever you look, there is some sharp money. Looks like even more, enough to impact the total on the under. If there is a heavy belief, a sharp presence, if you will, and they're not be-all, end-all by any means, but if there is a heavy presence of sharp money, Going to the under, that might fuel BYU. That might be the play in which people are trying to get in where it's you're, you're under 12, but right there at 11.5 initially. You go under 157 because you believe that if it's a lower, and that's the only way that BYU's in this basketball game, is if both teams' defenses prevail. I'm not worried about Gonzaga's D, I'd be worried about BYU keeping up. Doesn't mean that they're not going to get a stop. Doesn't mean Gonzaga's going to go for a buck 30 tonight. But I'd be concerned specifically about not getting a stop during a run in which you're going, it's a volley. You're going back and forth. A bucket here, a bucket there. You're moving it. And then, lo and behold, they get a stop. Okay. Now what happens? You don't get a stop. Then you go back and forth a couple of times. They get a stop. Well, you can't keep up. You don't get a stop. That happens one more time. Next thing you know, that's a seven to nine point swing. That's enough to kill, negate, and then flip momentum on a rally, or that's enough to extend the lead. That's enough for being up four. Now all of a sudden, you're right back to covering that ten and a half if you're Gonzaga. So the under here actually would play back into looking at the Zags. Now, I'm connected, right? You can hear me, Kyle? Yes, sir. Okay. Because the Internet is down. You and your Internet. Well, I'm getting a text (laughs) from my wife upstairs saying the Internet isn't working. So Interesting. Right. Now, here's the thing. The Internet has to work because otherwise I can't be on the radio. Place your bets, right? Yeah. That was your that was your uh, your big issue the other week when your Internet was down. We were right. talking about the uh, I think it was the Flyers Devils game. Right. Which I cashed that first uh, first period, by the way, if you recall. You know, that's I'm glad you brought up that bet cuz I don't think we talked about it. No, we didn't. So, you cash that despite warnings and everybody saying don't, right? Didn't we I played the Devils. Yeah. You took the Flyers and then that was it. Like we we went on our way and we never brought it up again. No, we didn't. We we did not follow up. I wasn't sure if it was a sore subject for you or uh, because no, you, no, 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 because you were me, riding. I've lost uh, much more since. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> that uh, was far from the only one. I didn't even think that night. <laughs> you were uh, you were riding 
Oh, what's that devil's uh, goalie? Woodbridge or something? Ah, uh, right, right. Woodbridge it was, I think, right? Wood something. It wasn't Woodbury, like New Jersey. No. Or Woodbridge. Isn't there a Woodbridge, New Jersey? As there well? might be. Yeah. Winwood? Think Yes, Winwood. Not Steve Winwood. Not Steve Winwood. <laughs> right? No. I what's do like me some Steve Winwood. Track? Steve Winwood? Yeah. Higher, higher love. Lo- higher, higher yeah. ground? Higher love. Higher love. Yes. Isn't that it? Yep. He's got a decent category, doesn't he? Yeah. I saw Steve Winwood live. Why? He opened for Tom Petty. Okay. I see, actually, that he's worked with Clapton, some others, so that makes sense that he would have... What What would be his... What are his top three? Steve Winwood's top three hits? Yeah. Oh, boy. Higher Love. Right. I think uh, Dear Mr. Fantasy is one. Roll with it. How about that? Roll with it. Because he was in the band Traffic, too. Right, they, yeah, we they, can't they, count that. Yeah. I mean, look, he, he, you can't count Traffic as his stuff. I don't care how much he wrote or any of that. Yeah. that's Traffic's pretty damn epic, and on top of that, you had some other pretty decent musicians in that group. Solo, though. While Solo. you see a chance, Valerie... Oh, Back in the back High Life. Back in the High Life, that's yeah. the one I was trying to think of, yeah. I think it's Back in the High Life again and Higher Love, right? Yeah. So what's the movie that used his stuff a lot? Isn't there a movie? Is there a movie that used his stuff? I know. I know. uh, I don't know if you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but they always reference Steve Winwood in that show. Okay. Because Dennis, one of the characters, is a huge Steve Winwood fan. Okay. Got it. I I thought there was a movie... Maybe it was like one of those 80s movies, the Breakfast Club type movie. Something like that. I'm sure it was. That used Winwood stuff like constantly. Bring he, me a hu- That's what I'm saying. Like there is a movie that, <laughs> that comes wasn't to bad. Mind. That wasn't bad, by the way. Uh, uh, was look, pretty look, good. You never know, you never know what, <laughs> might, what might come out here. Um, so that could be it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. All right, that's fine. You never know. Steve Winwood and the greatest hits. You can still buy that, by the way. The greatest hits album? Yeah, let me pull out of this rabbit hole fast. I did. So this is what I played tonight. Now, if you look across the board, some things happening as we speak. And you can take advantage of waiting to see. Specifically, the live bet plays are always the NBA. But we'll update you on everything that's going on in this early action between Houston and Charlotte in Charlotte in the NBA, and then top of the hour, John Jansen, line change, and that's where the action in the NBA really hits. So uh, this is what I played tonight, and I kind of just looked at it. Every night there's something different. This is not a nightly thing in which I apply as far as any type of strategy or anything along the lines. It's way more a matter of trying to figure out gut, reasoning, and then justifying a bet. And tonight it was, let me look at a couple of sharp movements that dropped total, or lines, pardon me. Let me look at stuff that really jumped out to drop lines, and then not just bet back to where the sharps jumped in, but push it as far back as I possibly can and get the most points in return. So, if that's confusing, I apologize, but it's my nature, so let me simplify and I'm working off here the Foxbet Sportsbook app, which, <clears throat> no issues. Here's the thing. I looked at the odds knowing that 
Oklahoma City at plus 24 is going to be ludicrous. And it is. OKC, and these were the two that I looked at. Maryland hosting Ohio State, and that's later tonight at 9. And then the late game in the NBA, Lakers hosting the Thunder. Thunder aren't a good team, but they can hover. And what I looked at, jumping out with sharp action that moved it, OKC's line moved a little bit, and Maryland dropped a little bit as well. So I looked at the starting point of the drop and thought, well, I I would feel much more comfortable if I can get more points. Now, this is where, unfortunately, from the Maryland standpoint, I had to take a risk. OKC, I feel a little much better, to put it frank, much better about my odds here. I was going to say a little bit better, but then you'd hear the difference. You'd think, what is he talking about? Is he an idiot? And if you didn't already know, yes, then that would confirm it. But OKC minus, or plus 24 at minus 800, had to be matched with Maryland. Now, the highest I could get Maryland is plus 7. So I'm still tugging at my collar, knowing that uh, this thing's going to be tight. This is not going to be an easy cover by Maryland unless, at this point, I'm basically saying Maryland outright. (laughs) I don't think this is going to come down to a, and again, if I'm right, then awesome. It's a little bit later. I understand that Maryland hosting it, you know, looking at it down to three here, and people expected this to be a tight game for Ohio State, probably a cover, but somewhere in that two-possession realm. So what I've done is I've eliminated, clearly, I've eliminated those two possessions. Seven is a good number. It's not the same as the NFL. You don't already know, but what we've done is we've extended this now to a third possession, essentially a blowout. And you never know. Maryland could sneak a bucket in at the end. Wouldn't that be? I'll just take a push at that point and the ridiculous, awful return of a minus 800 bet just to save the parlay. But that was the connection tonight. Maryland plus 7, OKC plus 24, and the return is minus 153. So it's not brutal by by any means. It's not something that you would look at and stray away from it or even have you thinking twice. You know, I look at it and examine what I can across the board. There are plenty of games. But I also recognize that this thing could blow up instantly because... Maryland plus seven isn't enough for me. It's just not. I would feel much more comfortable if I were working through that third possession. But I couldn't get it any higher than seven, so we ate it. That's fine. Outside of that, just looking where you have maybe an opportunity to sneak an upset. Maybe a chance, if you will, to jump on usually the home dog. Although there is one tonight that I thought would be an interesting play in the NBA. And depending on the app that you go to, depending on where you are betting, you may not have this. So, again, where I am specifically on the Fox Bet Sportsbook app, the daily action for the NBA, and that's where you get to jump in and choose who the highest score of the night is, things like that. Now, it's already off the board, but I had it earlier where Luca was the, I think, fifth, fourth or fifth option getting you plus a 1,000 return tonight, and you've got some ballers out here. 
Got the Lakers, Bucks, Denver. Devin Booker was ahead of them. I believe Steph was ahead of them as well. But it it wouldn't be a bad play ahead of time to jump in on that, knowing that you're taking a little bit of a risk. But with Minnesota coming to town, this would be the best opportunity for Dallas to just look like a better basketball team because, my goodness, it has not looked anywhere near what we thought it would be. Charlotte right now, it's early, but I don't know what you really expected from this game tonight. This is a tough one. Yeah, You really have to be invested in this basketball game tonight to even live bet it. Here's the good news. You don't have to be. There's so much going on elsewhere in the NBA. The Warriors-Spurs, intriguing, I have to say. Just road trip for Golden State and looking at where this Spurs team has been recently not a terrible play in fact just looking at maybe the total as a better option not one that i would stay away from. that's pretty high at 233 and i always look at these high numbers and think well could i boost it could i push this thing up 240 let's say combine it with something else lakers on the money line now, that's probably going to be too much of an ask but 233 is a big number. And this is where I, I think it has that feel to it where you're expecting Golden State, we know they come in dropping points but also giving up a lot. And the Spurs, they're kind of a lesser version of what Golden... Now, they look completely different, so I'm not comparing the chemical makeup. But you know that you're going to get Better defense, and you're going to get less offense with the Spurs than you will with the Warriors. Now, the Warriors' pacing could win out here, but San Antonio is simply the better basketball team right now. It's close, but San Antonio playing the better basketball right now. And again, close, hair splitter or not, I'm going to default them at home being able to control it. Even if they lose, I wouldn't touch them on the money line here. And what's the difference at one and a half? You might as well just push that up to two or maybe even two and a half if you feel confident that you can get within that possession, that one possession, even up by three. That's not bad. But 233, if I can push that up a little bit, and that's exactly what I'm going to do here, just to see the difference in 233, again, at minus 110. So let's push this thing up to 246. Now, that's minus 400. That's the highest I can go right now to drop under. 246, I'm pretty confident this thing's not going to hit overtime, and we're not going to get to that total. Lakers at minus 800, it's it's too much. Of <laughs> Gets you minus 243. We'd have to add a third leg here. Third leg, Dallas. All right. Now, I'll pose this to you, Kyle, before I make the decision. So this is not anything that I want you to feel as far as pressure is concerned. I'm going to place the bet, I think, regardless. But I'm just curious to get your initial feedback. Maybe if you are passionate enough about it, you could talk me out of it. And I would appreciate that if so. But this is where we stand right now. I have looked at... In my own mind, I'm not going to budge on this one, all right? I have 
taken that total as high as I possibly can, 246, gone under. If that's the way I lose this ticket, then I'll accept it and admit I was wrong multiple times over tomorrow. But for now, at least, I pushed that total all the way up to 246, go under. That's minus 400, so I need another leg. Well, the Lakers taking on the Thunder tonight. Busy Lakers squad. Focused. They've won three, four straight. Defense is just stellar right now. And OKC can hang, but but they're not going to. I, I don't trust their offense in a game like tonight where they just line right up with it. If if the Lakers don't cover, that's a different story. Whatever, that's fine. But I'm just saying Lakers win outright or win on the money line. I'm good. And then the third leg is Dallas at minus 650. So here's the question. Do you like the legs? And then is it even worth the return of minus 161? Wow. Yeah, what do you think? I'm going to get you some plus 500 things, some easy stuff here that you can pop on with? No, I want to make you work for this because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. Well, let's see. The Lakers, I mean, they're on a four-game winning streak. Did you say you took the Lakers? Minus Minus 800 on the money line. Okay. Now, look, the books make money, right? Yeah. But even still, this would be a shocker. Oh, yeah. They're on a four-game winning streak. They haven't played since Saturday. So they've had a little bit of time off. James is going to play tonight. I mean, does LeBron take the night off? I don't think so. They're at home. No way. I think he plays. Look, ten and a half is is a tough number unless you're blowing teams out. I get it. Yeah, which they are not. I don't feel confident about the ten and a half, to be honest with you, but I'm going to cowardly go minus 800 on this. Yeah, I I like that better than going with the spread. They gave up 129 points to the Pistons. L.A.? Yeah. Well, okay, fair. It was an overtime game, but still, that's it's the Pistons, who they lost to earlier in the year Double twice overtime. to, I think. Yeah. Um, and they only won by six. Yeah, so. you know what, though? I, I, think, I think the Pistons are so bad that people don't show up until the second half. Exactly. And, and I'm not making an excuse for that type of behavior. I'm trying to rationalize it from a betting standpoint, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a difference. Like, this isn't some, would you want your players to care type show? It's like, well, how do we factor that into a bet? That's all I care about. Exactly, yeah. So I, Where's I think, the money at? I want the money. Right, which is why I think the same scenario happens tonight where this is probably a closer game. This is probably at the half, a you know, a six-point Lakers lead, something like that, and then they turn it up when they realize they have to. The Pistons, it's like, okay, dude, it's overtime. Maybe we should win this game. Ah, we didn't. Now it's double overtime. Let's do it. I, you know, I don't think the Thunder get that type of treatment. No, no, definitely not. I mean, they're sitting at ten and twelve. They're in the mix for the playoffs. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and defend them and say they're a good team, but they're at least competitive. They have Correct. some players you can look out for. So I, I would definitely stay away from the 10.5. I agree with the money line. I like the All money right. line payment. And now the third leg is Dallas, minus 650. Because I had to get that back up to some favorable return. Yeah. So Dallas at minus 650 completes the three-leg parlay. 
Yeah, and I don't think you have anything to worry about there. Take it on Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> aren't they the worst team in the NBA? They're, yes. Yeah. I, I do get it that upsets happen, and Dallas is not a good team this year, by all means. So, yes, you could. I mean, look, as bad as, here's the thing, as bad as Minnesota is, Dallas is right there. Now, Dallas is in that group of New Orleans, the aforementioned Thunder. So Dallas is in that button. It's not as bad as the Eastern Conference basement. No. But Dallas is not a good team this year. No. So like I said, they're they're like I said about OKC, they're not a good team, but they're still competitive. I mean, they still have a player or two that you got to look out for. Right. Like this Dallas, I wouldn't be shocked if this Dallas game is close between Minnesota tonight just because Dallas is that bad. Yeah, and I'm looking at some of the. So they had back to backs Dallas against the Warriors and gave up 147 and 132. <laughs> right. So the defense. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No is not their strong suit as of late. So I definitely would not take the spread on that one either. Tens a lot for a team that's, what are they, 10 and 14. So I agree with you on the money line there. You said you, said you got a minus 500? Six fifty. Six fifty. Does it really matter at that point? It's no. pretty much just they need minus. To win, a, right? Yeah, minus a lot. Yeah, I like that one. I like it. I think I think it's good return because I think there's safe bets that you're going to get good return at at minus one and some change. Right. Right. I'm on board with it. Right. No, that's the thing. I don't know. I, I don't know how that makes you feel because I'm not. You know. I'm no, I'm no expert, but you know, I, I got your back on this one. Okay, I, I don't feel bad. Yeah. About that, I feel okay. <laughs> I don't feel terrible by yeah. any means. I was just trying to figure, you know, reason that through here. But yeah. The now I, I'm not even going to bring up anything negative. We're just going to stay positive on this thing and move forward. Oh, I've heard too many negative things today with uh with on the daily take it with Sean. What was he most negative about? Uh, the fact that he went zero and six yesterday. And props? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. What were your two props? You didn't tell us what your two props were. Yeah, I said it was the Scotty Miller. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I apologize. And then the alternative, alternative line for... Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was what were his that you remember? Oh, he took Kansas City. He, t- he topped me on this one. Kansas City minus 13 and a half. Because um, he was talking all week about how it's going to be a blowout. Which it was, but he just didn't have the right side. What were some of his other ones? I should have put the Zags in that parlay. Damn it. What was I thinking? <laughs> that hasn't even started yet. Well, that's at 11. Now, are you going to be up at 11 to watch that game? Yes, because I had a little lull in the day today, and there was a lull where like my body slowed down. So I had to have a little extra caffeine before this show tonight okay and i also have to write column weekly column for philly voice so i'll be up anyway and now that i have a play i actually have two plays on that okc game 
I've created a window, if you will. One play is OKC plus 24. I'm going to watch that Iowa-Maryland game. So there's actually a bunch of sporting events tonight that will keep me up, hopefully, to the start of that game. Because now I look at it, it's moved a little bit to 11. But I I just, I don't know. It's so low that I want to take BYU. But then I'm like, no, that's the trap. That's why. Because they want you to believe that the Zags are problematic right now, that the Zags are a sleepwalking squad that's not going to be able to cover 10, let alone 20, 26, these big numbers. So stay away or jump in on BYU. This is going to be a win here. Yeah. BYU plus 475. And BYU is not a bad team. But no, in, that's the thing. I, Gonzaga has not slept well at all this year. So well, they far. come off that game where uh, there was a lot in that Pacific game. That first half of that Pacific game was inexcusable. Yeah, absolutely. But again, that's like taking on the Pistons. That's the college version of Detroit. Wow, what a diss to Detroit. <laughs> I thought it was more a diss to the University of the Pacific, but yeah, I, guess, could be. I guess we look at it different. <laughs> this total at 156.5, maybe that would be the play. And just go under there. Just looking at it and reasoning this thing. Again, part of me is just, do I really... You're going to have to be up until about 11.30, 11.45 to make a smart, educated play on anything in-game. Yeah. So part of me is trying to avoid that and make a confident bet now ahead of time so that if I do pass out, I just wake up and see, oh, yeah, that's right, the Zag's covered. Like, I wouldn't set it and forget it on this game. I would do my best to watch it. But, look, San Diego State is laying 27 at home. I saw that. 27. Now, it's San Jose State. They stink. I understand it. But 27 points at home. And I don't even have a money line on here either. That's That's how lopsided it is. Do I have one here? No, it's off the board. Rightfully so. Yeah. That would be. Ridiculous. Yeah, be catastrophic. You'd have to have that as like the fifteenth leg in your par. Yeah. And even then, what's it going to do? It's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. <laughs> ahead of time, but and I get it. San Jose State is bad. They're a bad basketball team. But you know, all of a sudden, teasing down or up in the case of San Jose State doesn't seem like a bad idea. All right, now, hold on a second. Let's talk our way through this. What are the odds? Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler. It's presented by Cure Auto Insurance. At Shander Show is how you follow me on Twitter. Again, John Jansen with the line change at the top of the hour. Let's look at this really quick here because now we have the two late games at 11 o'clock tonight. If you're going to be up at 11, you might as well be watching the Zags-BYU game. If you're betting that, you might as well bet the other game too. Why the hell not? It's on at the same time. Okay, let's move forward. San Jose State is getting 27.5 on the road. San Diego State, pretty good basketball team. It's 27.5 at home to cover. Tough. Tough. There's a reason why you flinch even at that big of a number. Now, we also know that something doesn't feel right about this short line for Gonzaga. Despite it being a road game, despite it being BYU, who's a good basketball team, better than San Diego State, Different conference, different comp, I get it, but in comparison to what's happening here, the window, or at least the margin of talent, 
much more narrow between these squads, even in Gonzaga, who's best team in the country. So it doesn't feel right outside of maybe this narrative that they want us to believe, which is Gonzaga comes off that rough loss against, or rough loss, <laughs> that rough non-cover. That first half reminded. loss. Yes, from a betting standpoint, that 20-20, whatever it was, they didn't cover. That's a loss in my head because I took the L. But with all of that, if I can drop that and make it even shorter, I feel significantly better about the Zags at minus 3.5, for example, covering a full possession against BYU. That, uh, again, if you don't feel confident in that, then just play BYU on the money line. Just play BYU outright if that's the case. And I'm not daring or taunting you or anything like that. I'm just saying if you still, if three and a half is still not enough for you for Gonzaga to bet the Zags, then at that point, I think you just flip it and take BYU on the money line. And you roll that plus 475 and say, what the hell? Let's, let's see what happens here. And part of me, and I know that this is a bet killer, but part of me wants to just set something small aside and sprinkle it on BYU on the money line tonight. <laughs> Just because something doesn't feel right about that. But I digress real quick before we break. Let's look at this. If we can drop Gonzaga as much as possible here to a comfortable number where they're covering. Now, unfortunately, at least where I am here, I you'd have to run a teaser. I can't do that. On Fox Bet, so you'd have to run the teaser somewhere else. DraftKings, FanDuel, that's fine. But what I would really look at here is dropping Gonzaga a full seven and pushing San Jose State up a full seven. Give me 34 and a half on the road, and I'm still, I guarantee you, sweating that out. And give me Gonzaga. Uh, what does that look like here? See, all I can get on my app, on the Foxbet app, is minus 7. And I'm just trying to see, not necessarily from a straight teaser where you're locked into 6, 6.5, or 7. I'm looking at being able to pick and choose my teaser. So just dropping the zags from 10.5, now 11, down to 7. And that's not that's not much. It's a possession, don't get me wrong, but... It still doesn't leave me with much to feel good about. Now, flipping that or combining that part of me with San Jose State, and I want to push this sucker up as much as humanly possible, and unfortunately right now, the most I can do it is just a bucket, a three-pointer at 30 and a half. Uh, that's, That's not really great. I mean, the return is. The return is plus 125, but what have you really done? You've, From a possession standpoint, you've improved yourself, but is it enough for this risk of plus 125 back? For me, no. That's why we talk this stuff through. That's why we look at it. That's why we even get close to playing it and sometimes actually play it. But in this case, I'm going to fall short. All right, a lot happening in our final 20 to look at from the rest of the week including locally here, now that we have some updates with some postponements of the Philadelphia Flyers. And one more little nugget we'll throw out about a game that you probably aren't even watching tonight. What are the odds? Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. 
telling you, there is a song or a movie. We're going to have to Google this. Is this how we're going to spend the final segment? I'll pull, the, I'll pull the Google machine up. Higher Love. What's the name of the song? Higher Love. Higher Love. Higher Love, Steve Winwood in a movie. All right? What was, what was it? The uh, the soundtrack, you think? Well, yeah, it's, it's on multiple soundtracks. It's on multiple movies, but I think... All right, now, Bumblebee is not the movie that came to mind for me. No, definitely not. So I'll just let you know, there is something I'm telling you. There is a movie that used this a lot, like, I want to say as its main song in the movie. And now I have to go, like, I'm trying to find it on Wikipedia, anywhere I can. I just Googled Higher Love. Vocals? Oh, okay, so you did the same thing I did. Higher Love, Steve Winwood movie, and Bumblebee comes up. Yeah, that ain't it. I can promise you. No, I don't even know what that is. Stakeout. Okay, now hold on a second. You have to understand, I'm 42, so in 1987, I was nine years old, and Stakeout was a newer movie to me. Richard Dreyfus was a star back then. I forget. Oh, Emilio Estevez. I mean, this was a, you know, this was like the other one that he was in with Charlie Sheen, where they were the tra- uh, what, men at work. I mean, this is like similar to that. Stakeout was cult classic-esque. So I'm trying to think if, was that it? I, I don't, I mean, it's a possibility. It's but... killing me. I, I have no answers. The only one I see is Bumblebee, and I don't even know what the hell that is. Yeah, that, this, come on, we have to do yeah, that. Yeah, steak, steak. No, out. I'm telling you, steak. Yeah, out. I just that just came up. I saw that. All right, the best uses of Steve Winwood songs in movies. Bumblebee, number five, with higher love. No. Days of Thunder, give me some lovin'. Flight of the Phoenix, give me some lovin'. No. Now, here we go. Winwood, higher love, the masked singer. That's that no. TV show, I think. Right. It's not that. Deliver Us from Evil in 2014. It's not even the right song. So maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe it is Stakeout. Maybe that's how weird I am. Is that Stakeout comes is... to mind when you think of Steve Winwood. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think, like, what up? Big Business in 1988? What movie was that? Do you remember what that was? No. Big Business. That's soundtrack is on there. So even still, I'm thinking, no, that wouldn't be it. Not over Stakeout, at least. Wow. Stakeout. That's it. Emilio Estevez and Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> Maybe there was a moment in there. This is how warped of a brain I am. I apologize. <laughs> I do. Good. <laughs> you don't only get winners here, but you also get soundtracks from random movies in the 80s well and that's the thing i don't even remember the specifics of it but it came up rightfully so necessary in conversation i just i don't know how but that's fine it's 42 44 now as houston just hit a three so the rockets on the road in charlotte 720 or so left in the second quarter charlotte answers so it's 45 44 if you dare to jump into that game, go ahead. Do it at your own risk, of course. And then tonight, we just we wait. 
We have to wait a little longer for the big one that starts at 9 o'clock. Ohio State on the road, and they have magically worked their way into a top-five team in the country. Some of that is because they've earned it, other because circumstance. Villanova falls, other teams in front of them, and they've kind of climbed up. With that said, it is interesting, isn't it, where you look at, let's say, Michigan at number three, and Illinois, for example, a little behind them in the rankings, where Ohio State, part of me, smack in the middle, and they basically have similar records. Win-loss overall is outside, especially when you look at the conference, but similarly speaking, you have Illinois and Ohio State, Big Ten making a push. Big push. And however much you believe in Wisconsin, they're there hovering. Not any long shot or anything I would play, but they're they're there hovering. Michigan's going to be out for another week, I think, that game against Illinois postponed, so we didn't get to see the difference maker between that. But Ohio State now on the road tonight, taking on Rutgers, where or Maryland, she's taking on Maryland, knowing that it's at least believed. I mean, it's dropped already that half point now. So from three and a half to three, you basically knew you needed to cover this by a possession or simply take Maryland. I'm not there. We've seen upsets. Here's the thing. We've seen upsets, and we've seen big, big leads evaporate to the point where it's not only just a comeback, but overcoming 15, 16-point leads with 15 to go or something along those lines, where normally it would be unheard of to see that level of consistency in which it doesn't matter what team you're taking on, outside of the obvious, just complete wide range of talent, it doesn't matter at that point if all you have is one small run that turns out to be enough, that turns out to be a not small anymore, that turns out to be a problem now. Well, what happened to that 15-point lead against Maryland? Well, this is kind of what's been happening here. I wouldn't put it past them. Now, Maryland needs to get up in order for, I think, people to feel even more confident. And that's where I am. As we gave you that two-game parlay earlier, we bumped Oklahoma City up all the way to plus 24. The only way I can get Maryland any higher than three was at seven. So I'm still cut off right there on the good side of a third possession. Still... I don't feel comfortable unless Maryland is up. You understand? I don't feel good about this game unless Maryland is up and losing that lead. Give me Maryland up by five, by six, and then I add my seven to that, and that's where I feel okay because I can easily see. You want to talk about giving up 13, 14 points, maybe even in a row. Just watch. I would need a lot of security here. Because I don't think Maryland is able to bounce back from that. I don't necessarily believe that they're able to bounce back, maybe even stop that run, and then be able to counter it. Still, a decent play right here. Only 60%. I'm looking at William Hill. Only 60% of the public money on Ohio State at three? 
maybe I should feel a little bit better about that Maryland plus seven. We're not going to get ahead of ourselves. That's the worst thing, the last thing that we want to do. All right. Now, tomorrow, Tuesday, we start to look a little deeper in this week in the NBA from a local standpoint, of course. And fresh off of the Super Bowl, trying to digest everything there. And, man, the one thing that continues to come back, and and we'll look at some futures in, in both the NFL and current sports going on, like the NHL, because I think that there might be a nice little nugget we can apply to the Flyers' futures, not just with that team, I'm saying, but using them as basis to make a futures bet on another team. And I'll save that for tomorrow's show because I'll run the risk of further confusing you. Tonight, though, just looking at two quick things as we wind down. The Super Bowl last night, the the one thing that I just I could not shake, Adam Thompson, who joins us weekly, and he's now full NBA, so we'll get his thoughts probably Wednesday. We have to make sure. But gave us that stat. And I, I I just couldn't shake it. It was the one reason why I flipped. It was the one reason why we moved over to the Bucks before our shows ended last week. It was the one reason why we full-on flipped over and even in-game was able to jump on Tampa before that thing was out of hand because of that one stat. Because nobody beats the book. Nobody goes under 500 and wins the Super Bowl. ATS just doesn't happen. And the Chiefs weren't about to laugh in the face of the book. Football gods. Football gods are like, and now we go from Steve Winwood to the tertiary level of Greek gods. But who would be like, the third level. You've got Zeus, of course, right? Everybody. Hera as well. You know, they're overseeing everything. And then you have Athena, right? <laughs> this is really testing eighth grade now. But you have gods and goddesses in Greek and Roman mythology. Sometimes they carry over, right? But who would be like that tertiary god? Because that's what we're really talking about here. That third level. Down to that point. That was, that's, I guess, if you were to try to find the best example, would be the best application of that metaphor. Because you remember, you go back and it's, it's always Zeus and Hera at the top, throwing lightning bolts down. But then again, you, you, you've got half gods, you've got people that were like not really gods that were made, I don't know. It's just, it's, you've got Atlas, you've got the Titans, right? They were different. So maybe if you look at it more of like that third, that tertiary level of application. Now, I noticed that you were much faster to jump in with Steve Winwood than Greek mythology. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to let you roll with that because you lost me at Greek gods. I'm so deep in this analogy, I don't even remember why I brought it up. <laughs> Seriously. I know it had to do with the Super Bowl. I know it had to do with the Bucks. Yeah, oh, three it, tiers of something. Right. Yes, because of the the whole play there of nobody beating the book. And the Chiefs, in order for that to happen, in order for the Chiefs... Oh, okay, now I remember. As now I catch myself with a minute and a half to go in the program. 
but it was about the football gods and how the football gods are not even secondary, but they're tertiary to the betting gods. Like the betting gods are Zeus and Hera. And then you start to look at the football gods, and all right, maybe that is more of a secondary, but probably more tertiary for me. And uh, all right, you know, football, because there's a gap. There is no secondary. It's just there's one and then everybody else. There's Zeus slash Hera, and then there's everybody else. And th that's who I would defer to here would be the betting gods. Nobody's beating the betting gods. You could get over on the football gods. The Philadelphia Eagles got over on the football gods in 2017, in case you haven't realized that by now. Nobody's getting over on the betting guy. Nobody's going under 500 ATS and then winning the Super Bowl and then still staying under 500 ATS. That ain't happening. And then it took Tom Brady, Tom Brady, for that thing to make sure that it wasn't going to go down. Tom Brady, my goodness. At Shander Show, say, give me on Twitter. Reminder again tomorrow. Six to eight, Wednesday, six to eight, Thursday, seven to nine, Friday, back to six and eight. Five days. We're here all day, all week. Starting, of course, at three o'clock with Sean Brace and the Daily Ticket through the line change at night and me kind of jammed in the middle. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it, brother. We'll chat tomorrow. What are the odds? Fox Sports Radio the Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.